0: You are listening to Mist Apex Podcast. We love MotoGP. Welcome to Mist Apex MotoGP Podcast. This is a show put together by MotoGP fans pretending to be experts. We may not be bike racers, but we love it. We aim to have a race view show ready for an early week commute and I am your host, Kyle Power, and joining me in my virtual shed today are two fellow MotoGP enthusiasts. We have an international panel for you, so all the way from the Netherlands, we have Jules Seeger. How's it going, Jules? Hi, Kyle.
1: I'm uh, very excited to to do the show and very much looking forward to the triple header to uh, end the season, especially after last uh, Sunday's race.
0: Excellent. We're very happy to have you on board. And also joining me from the deepest darkest depths of northern england is danny henny how's it going danny
2: ah oh, good thanks kyle super excited to finally get on one of these podcasts so uh, yeah looking forward to talking about a great race and uh, having a bit of fun
0: excellent well it's a pleasure to have you on board so leading up to this race uh we'll give a quick mini recap of the championship status so leading into the last Four rounds. The defending champion, Francesco Bagnaya, will probably refer to him as Peco Bagnaya, is being hunted down by the young pretender, Jorge Martin. Now, saying young pretender uh, makes Bagnaya sound old, but he's not at all. He's very young himself. But basically, 27 points is the championship gap. Bagnaya's leading martin is hunting him down and martin is on such a roll. he seems like the fastest rider at the moment and looks like all of the momentum is with him so it's absolutely fascinating with only four rounds left so heading into this round which is round 17 the thailand grand prix at the Chang international circuit so danny uh the weekend sort of leading up to the sprint race in practice and qualifying was there anything noticeable that you noticed anything standing out
2: i am other than Marty, Martin dominating the pretty much every session he got into. Uh, it was interesting watching a couple of riders look pretty quick, look like they were getting on top of the bikes. Probably notable was Bagnair and Marquez struggling probably more than you'd expect them to be. Uh, but it was pretty much straightforward practice sessions other than Martin just hitting the track and making everybody look second rate really when he was out there. He was just banging in some ridiculously quick lap times. And from lap one at the start of the weekend, he just looked like the man to beat.
0: Yeah, it looks like he's been doing that for the last few rounds. He just seems to get instantly onto the pace and it's quite impressive but he did have a little spill, didn't he?
2: He did, yeah. In uh, the practice session to set the grid, he he come along, crossed the line with uh, a 129.2 and then immediately went down at turn three uh, trying to improve on it. So he wasn't perfect but uh, he was more than enough to beat everybody else.
0: Yeah, well luckily that was just a harmless little front-ender there. So, um, I don't think there's anything else massively of note about there. So, obviously, we've got Martin on his almost sort of customary pole position now, really, with looking like great pace. So, we'll go into the, uh, to the sprint race review. And, again, the start of that is something that we're growing quite quite accustomed to now for the last few races. Martin making the whole shot, breaking so late into turn one, no one stands a chance of getting up the inside of him. And, basically, he just slingshots off into the distance, and pretty much disappears.
2: Yeah, interestingly, it was... Uh, Marini had a bit of a go at him this time. So, like you say, he usually fires off with no one really having a bit of a challenge. But Marini did have a, a chance to stick it up the inside at turn one, but uh, unfortunately backed out and let Martin go. And, yeah, Martin took off like a scolded chat.
0: Yeah, and he, he just looks so strong at the moment. And when he hits the front, it looks like he's just going to be dominant and no one can get nearing. And oddly... In this one, his championship rival back looked like he was struggling a bit, Jules.
1: Yeah, it was pretty similar to what we saw the week before at Phillip Island, where already in, in, in qualifying, his, his starting grid position was a bit further back than you'd probably expect from a championship leader. So the difference between him and Martin was already, already there. And then uh, Pecco's start wasn't great either. And it seemed that he... Couldn't really recover from P eight P seven position, so that was that was really curious to see for two such title contenders being that far apart.
0: Yeah, and it looks quite rough. Um, rough on Bagnaia, he's got everything to lose, and he gets sort of he's kind of sort of more mild at sort of the upper midfield, along with I've heard major GP journalists refer to the midfield as the headbangers. <laughs> really, some of the nutters. Um, it's, riding around with him but it seems really hard for him to collect his thoughts together and then go forward from there Danny.
2: Yeah I mean it could have been even worse yeah. for Bagnaia to be fair because a lot of the positions what he made up in the sprint was because riders in front run wide it wasn't like he exactly burnt through the field uh he was quite lucky I mean Guartararo run wide at the uh at the corner and he slipped through and then you had Zarco and I think it was Alex Marquez just in front of him having a battle as well and run wide in the last corner so you could argue, really, he could have been three paces back because his pace wasn't wasn't looking hot. He was more, uh, you know, careful as we've seen him in the past, trying not to uh, to fall. If I'm honest, but uh, yeah, it could have been a lot worse than it, it actually ended up. Yeah, he was he was a bit of a lucky
1: boy there, and he complained afterwards that he was actually feeling really good on the bike, and that he felt better than his than his uh, overall position during the race was and he complained that the the riders in front of him were battling really hard like he I think he compared it to like a video game that they were fighting each other in in such a manner and I thought it was a bit a bit odd for you know a reigning champion championship leader as well to you know kind of complain about how hard the riders in front of him were fighting and that mainly put him off to really recover the race for himself
0: yeah that's kind of understandable really if you're sort of it's your championship to lose and I guess he's thinking that everyone else is there to jeopardize his championship so he'd he'd, he'd rather wrap himself up in cotton wool and get nowhere near those guys fighting I mean it it must be pretty scary if you're starting to sort of bash handlebars with people in the midfield and you've got people like Mark Marquez and Alicia Spargaro who have absolutely nothing to lose and are all out for each other, absolutely going for it. And notable, talking about them two, they had a fantastic last lap battle between them two. They were absolutely going at it, hammer and tongs. It's always great to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, they had a ding-dong battle on the last lap. Uh, Marquez got through, then Spargaro got back through on him in the last couple of corners. And it looked like a who was going to have the job done. And then Mark Marquez being Mark Marquez uh launches it all the inside at the last corner. Absolutely do or die uh, effort and managed to pull it off across the line to take fourth. It was uh, oh, yeah. really good.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. That's why we love him. So one rider we haven't really mentioned yet is Binder. So Binder was in a bit of a stealth second place here in the sprint. And it's kind of setting up what was looking like going to be a battle between Martin and Binder for the actual main Grand Prix. And so Martin comes home in first place, Binder comes home in second, and Marini completes the podium, which is a good notable effort because both of the VR46 riders, Marini and Buzekki, both nursing broken collarbones and with these flyaway races in in the awful heat that is quite impressive you can if you've ever broken your collarbone or or anything up there you know how uncomfortable and painful it is so to have your leathers rubbing against freshly operated on scars i thought that was really really quite impressive so that pretty much wraps up our sprint and now i've been talking for a little bit it's maybe time to get to know our panel a little bit better so guys i'm going to ask you a bit of a question what was i go to jules first so jules what is your sort of connection and fan fandom connection to MotoGP, gp or maybe to rephrase what's your sort of first real sort of what's your standout MotoGP gp memory
1: yeah i'm gonna give away my age a bit here but my first memory is actually the 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 oh. battle of the giants wayne rooney and kevin Schwantz in the early 90s both american oh, wow. one on the suzuki one on uh, on the honda and it was the days where tobacco, uh, uh, tobacco advertising. It was, yeah. it was the days when tobacco advertising was big. So you had this Lucky Strike Suzuki and the Marlboro Honda, and that was that was a thing, you know. So these two Americans fighting each other. It's uh, it's my first memory, and especially um, when Wayne Rainey had his crash in '93 and he paralyzed. Um, That was kind of the end of that because after that, Kevin Schwanch, uh, he won the title, but he started having motivation problems due to what happened to to, uh, Wayne Rainey and um, he quit not long after that.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a shame, and it was such a long time ago that I think you forgot it was the Mulberry Yamaha and not the Mulberry Honda, I believe. Yes. <laughs> but it's a but it's very very easy mistake to make. And yeah, wow. So so yeah, you have been watching MotoGP for quite a long time. Of course, that was in the five hundred Grand Prix days in the nineties. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Danny, I'll ask the same question to you. What's your what's your sort of standout MotoGP memory? What does it mean to you?
2: Uh. I think the first moment I can remember is uh, Max Biaggi's incredible wheelie at Bruno in 98 that you were, you reminded me the year of. Uh, I think that was the first time I can remember seeing what MotoGP GP was. And I remember everybody sharing the video at school. Uh, well, I wouldn't have been at video at school back then. It was a bit older, but managing to see the video of him pulling it off and just being it all really. Uh, and then I got the, the Mario GP game for Christmas and then quickly got into the sport watching it on the telly. Uh, and was a Max
0: Biaggi fan to start off with. Oh, brilliant. Well, I know you're a bit of a closet. Well, not even a closet. You're quite a big Rossi fan. So it's funny that you started being a Max Biaggi fan first. But obviously, this predates Rossi into the championship. So um, I'll ask myself the same question. What's my sort of standout MotoGP sort of memory? And I remember I was watching from the Doin days. I remember doing battling with Daryl Beattie and stuff like that and I remember his leg injuries but my standout sort of real sort of MotoGP memory I've been watching for many years but it was uh, Rossi's first win on the Yamaha in Velcom in South Africa in 2004 and i watched it with my brother and our friend ian and there was three guys standing there pretty much in tears when rossi managed to win that race and it was such a momentous occasion so when i think of MotoGP, i always have that image of rossi hugging the front of his bike and sitting next to it just nodding at himself after the race that is one of my iconic moto gp memories so now we've got to know the um know the panel a little bit better Let's move on and do a bit of a review of the actual Grand Prix. So we are into Sunday now and the sprint set up quite a salivating prospect because Martín with sort of struggling home to P7, Martín has now got the championship points, the, the gap down from 27 to only 18 points and the pressure is very much on Peko Bag and the momentum very much with Martin, but heading into this race with the hot temperatures everyone is a bit worried about tyre wear so as they started again frantic amazing start by by Martin, and it looked like Bindle was going to get the jump on him and he just braked so so late and hung it around the outside I thought that was fraught with risk like really really whipped risky but he managed to he managed to keep it and then got to the front and as soon as I saw that actually Jules I was a bit like okay goodbye Martin basically he's gone. It was what we would expect after the sprint race and
1: uh, exciting first few laps and Martin uh, pretty much took the lead right from the start and you'd expect him to, to just run away with it but somehow he didn't really seem to be Eager to pull a gap, and at a certain point, I thought, like, is he is he packing up the bunch, maybe to force them to all drive in each other's uh, uh, heat and damage each other's tires, while he in front would have clean air. So it was peculiar to see that he he wasn't, as it turned out, not as dominant and as strong as he as he had been on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair point, and as we mentioned just before the race, a tire wear was going to be a massive concern Danny and it was quite interesting that just about the entire field went for a medium front tyre and a hard rear all apart from Alex Marquez who risked a medium front and medium rear and he was looking quite racy in those early laps
2: he was looking very fast to be fair he was uh kind of in his own uh looking like he was going to get a big result and then uh whether it was the tyres or not unfortunately uh he bit the dust uh, so far into the race and went down and could it have been the tires. Not too sure. It was still quite early ish in the race, Uh, but yeah, he was looking pretty good for a decent result until then.
0: Yeah. That was a real shame for me because I was really looking forward to him pushing to the front and you could see he was being quite impatient. He really wanted to get to the front and he had to make hay while the sun was shining on his medium rear tire. So it was going to be interesting to see if he backed off, um, or completely just dropped off the cliff as Martin did in, in Phillip Island last week. Um, and we never, we got denied the chance to see that because, because he, he binned it in quite an unspectacular Marquez quite crash, to be honest, because when them two tend to crash those boys, they don't hold back on their crashes at all. So, um so, you know, that, that kind of leads us into nice sort of like um coming out of the opening phase of the race into sort of the mid race a bit. And, Looked like I was really getting roughed up, Jules. Yeah, he, again, he had a better
1: start than in the sprint on Saturday, but again, he started to 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 drop behind, and in a certain phase, I think he was even P nine after climbing up to P four in in the, in the early laps, and he just didn't look very combative. Like he was, he was trying to avoid the the, the real battles. He wasn't taking any risks. It seemed. And it made you think, like, is 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 he is he gonna? It made you think, like, is he gonna drop drop behind even further? Is he not gonna be in the mix at all uh, in this race? And at a certain point, he even found himself battling Mark Marquez, with with whom he doesn't have the the greatest memories of having battles with. And uh, it was it was odd to see that in front uh, Jorge Martin. Was was dominating the pace, and he found himself just in in these weird weird fights with with people that he shouldn't be riding
0: among. Yeah. So, Danny, you're 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 a racer. We're we're fairly sort of four wheel racers, really, but we understand sort of being battles and getting in and heat. So, if you're in Bagnar's shoes, you do not want to be whacking handlebars with 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 a Mark Marquez or an Espagaro who don't have anything to lose and they're roughing you up you are trying to be cautious you're trying to look after your tire and think of the long game but if you're sitting there being cautious you're going to get dive bombed by some of the nutters behind you all out for themselves what would you do in that situation
2: it's (laughs) as you say we both race in real life more four wheels uh, than anything else but it's a horrible situation when you are battling for a championship, the last thing you want to see anywhere near you is aggressive drivers, riders. You know, irrelevant of the sport when it comes to sports, but You do not want anybody who's aggressive and he's going to dive, uh, uh, you know, try and make a move up the inside, rough you up a little bit. You literally want to just drive, have the most boring race going and just come home with a big points and hope that your rival, you know, crashes out as an issue and goes away. Don't get me wrong, we love a good battle but when the pressure is really starting to ramp as you're getting into the end of the season now it's really interesting to see how the two riders are starting to handle it um, you know Bagnaia is a bit more slow burner trying to uh, obviously stay out of trouble manage the race and kind of come on later on whereas Martin's a bit more he's just chucking the kitchen sink at it and going look I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can I am not going to leave any stone unturned I'm going to go as fast as I can and I am either going to win it or I'm going to win it but he won't be able to look back and say he left anything on the table
1: so do you guys think when when banyaya actually you know started to move forwards and he got rid of mark marquez who who then later on i, I don't know if you guys caught it probably had a really good fight with uh, espargaro uh, you know they were doing these body checks moves yeah. it was great to see but anyway when banyaya started to move forwards i kind of feel like also, last week at Phillip Island, that he he's more calculative, that he he manages his pace and he seems to manage his tires and to to you know really read the race and and like he has this this plan, like where do I want to be when the flag drops and I'm gonna gradually go there with the materials I have, maybe uh, opposed to like how Jorge Martin rides. Do you,
0: do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I think that's a very good point and nicely put. We've got Jorge Martín. He seems like, well, I think calling him a hot lap specialist is completely unfair because he's great at putting races together and he is quite clever, but he seems like the hot shot going out like really all action, massive, huge pace. Whereas Bagnaia seems to be more of the thinking man's rider and trying to take it a bit more reserved and keep everything together and keep it nice and smooth. I don't know. What do you think, Danny? Do you agree with that or do you completely disagree with both of us?
2: I agree. I think Bagnaya for me is a very, very smart calculated rider. Gets into the race. He's a bit of a slow burner. Obviously, some races he can be at the front and and get a bit of a gap, but more often than not, he's a bit of a slow burner, especially on Sunday he was because the start and midway through the race, I wasn't convinced he was really going to get a good result. Uh, And he was kind of just holding on, hoping for the best, but as the race progressed, the you know the pace started to come He started to close up on the front, and he was right on the back of them uh, going into the last two laps. And I I won't mention any more on that. Cause I'm sure it might come up later on, but um, he really got to the front. So that kind of surprised me with the approach he's got. And with regards, to Martin. Martin just got blistering pace. He reminds me very much of Mark Marquez when he first turned up into the sport. Blistering pace, but he's liable to a bit of a crash. But absolutely wants to go out and dominate and show everybody that he is the fastest rider out on track to which he's doing you know quite often at the minute but they're very different end of the scales from a, a rider's uh, point of view
0: yeah yeah very different and it's actually nice to see like you see in the post race things uh it's a bit different from sort of a uh, formula one shall we say there isn't that many handbags at the moment in motor gp the riders seem to get on okay um with him but that's a but that's a good point Bagnaio was sort of taking his time but he had to get his elbows out a little bit and get a bit fighty because when he's starting to get roughed up in the midfield he could see the battle at the front starting to disappear from him and about mid-race it becomes quite apparent now that it's turning into a game of tyre management and it's a game of strategy now, which is a sometimes you don't always get in MotoGP, but for this longer race, you know, in the sprint, the sprint is full bananas from start to finish. Everyone's going absolute full chat. But in the MotoGP, they, they were lapping about a second off the ultimate pace that they were doing in the sprints. So they're clearly managing and it's such a fine line to tread to how fast do you go? versus how much life are you taking out of that rear tire. Now it was all about the rear tire here, I believe. It wasn't too much about the front the front tire. So it was very much sort of rear limited. And Martin's trying to make a break at the front, but Binder is not going away. He cannot shake Binder off. Like he just cannot get him off. So I think Martin keeps seeing the gap on his pitboard. It kind of opens up a little bit and I think he has a bit of a push realizes he can't break away and just decides to go into management mode and manage the race. But it looked like they could break away at one point, but then, Jules, like everything starts to close back up again. So do you think Binder was just sitting there quite calmly letting Martin have a bit of a push? Or do you think Binder was pushing absolutely full bananas to try and stay with him? I must
1: say, pretty early on in the race, you when you, when you started noticing Martin couldn't pull the gap, it, he just seemed so comfortable in P two, and it almost felt like he was he was playing games with Martin. At least that's what I thought. Like I'm just gonna really stick to your to your, to your rear tire and see if you make a mistake, see what you do, see if you become nervous. Or uh, and I felt like he was he was teasing him. And then at, 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 uh, I think with eight laps ago. You 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 just saw on board from Binder and you thought like oh he's got he's gonna dive in on his inside now and it almost seems like he he started to coast and he just didn't want to overtake Martin already maybe because he didn't want to become vulnerable to a, a counterattack by Martin it it just seemed like he didn't want to overtake him yet
0: yeah I had that in my notes as well I got it around about six laps to go I was like right that's it. Binder's pulled the pin, the grenade has been thrown, he's now going to start to really, really push for it. And I think I think it was Binder who first pulled the pin and really goes for it and starts to show a front wheel to Martin. And then that that basically, yeah, that just grenaded everything. Everyone then, it was absolutely full chat to the end. And it was who's done the best job of saving of of saving that tyre. But Danny, it's not all about. The battle going on at the front. In the meantime, this was going on about we've got we've got Bezecchi who's nursing a broken collarbone, trying to work his way up the field. As Marquez on that Honda, which I don't think there's a pleasant word to say about that bike, is working his way backwards a little bit. But Bezecchi's coming up on the VR forty six. So with that collarbone, that's quite that's quite an impressive move through the field.
2: Yeah, I love Bezecchi. Obviously, the the affiliation with uh, with Rossi, but I absolutely love Bezecchi. Think he's a brilliant rider, he's got a great personality. You know, took a couple of wins. Uh again, gets on it, goes for the move. Um, you know, you don't see him make too many big mistakes at the minute, obviously after one or two like everybody does. But um, yeah, with the, the injury he's suffering, he did a great, a great job out there and a little bit frustrating because he's just a little bit too far off in the championship at the minute. I mean, he could still do it, it's mathematically possible. Um but he, yeah, he's probably just a little bit too bad to make it happen. But he's going to give it a good go. And yeah, he had a very good race started coming up. It was just a shame he was a bit too far off to get there in the end. But yeah, he showed good pace through the race.
0: Yeah, and he had a nice little battle with his teammate Marini there as well. So it was the battle of the broken collarbones. Uh, not too many handbags come out. It was a, it got a little bit rough. He had to move him out a bit wide so he could make sure the move got done. But all of this is setting up for a really nice end end of the race and it's all starting to close up between the top three now and going into the final sort of sort of three four laps really i'm now off the sofa i am standing my pulse is going up considerably and this is looking into an absolutely grandstand finish so jules with about three four laps to go um who was your money on at this point
1: i must say well I must say, like I said, I thought Binder he had something left, and I was just waiting for him to to um how do you say this? Um, I was just waiting for him to make the move and and go go off. Uh, no, okay, let me rephrase it. I was waiting for Binder to make the move and pull a gap because it felt to me like he had, he had overspeed over Martin. It happened and Martin immediately counterattacked. And then all of a sudden it seemed like, Oh wait, Martin does have the the upper upper hand and he has been, you know, managing the pace uh, for, for the whole race. But behind him, all of a sudden, Peko Bagnaia came into the battle and it was just, it was a great last few laps and, and, at a certain point you felt like what I, I one of one or two of them going to go uh, to to crash it was it was it was mental it was really really
0: enjoyable racing yeah so it was really good so with about five laps to go it was binder yeah puts the move finally on martin gets ahead and like you i thought binder was then going to make a break it looked like he had something left in reserve and he did start to pull a small gap so danny you yeah, at that moment Martin must be thinking, oh no, because then he can see on his pit board, he knows it's his championship rival behind him. He knows he has to finish ahead to keep closing the gap. So um, did, you know, at that point, I generally thought Binder had done enough and saved enough tyre. Like, what were you thinking at this point?
2: Yeah, I was with you. If someone had asked me to put a bet on who's going to win the race, I'd have put £10 on Binder easily. You're looking around him, you've got both championship contenders around him. You know, we know he's an aggressive rider. Anyway, when he wants to make a move, he'll you know he'll go for it. I think we was all probably quite shocked how long it took him to get past Martin because every time it looked like he was going to have sniff into turn three, you know Martin had just break later and make the apex. Uh, It was quite incredible. But yeah, I was hundred percent convinced Binder was sitting there waiting, just you know waiting for the right time. And I think Bagnaia kind of gave him that bit of a kick up the rear side to to get on with it because he was probably thinking, "Hey, he's he's getting a bit closer." But yeah, once he pulled the pin and went, I thought he'd have enough to pull away very quickly. Um, so yeah, that'd have been my bet on the who was going to take the win at that time.
0: Yeah. Annoyingly, I completely agree. I'd love to disagree with you because I very much enjoy disagreeing with you, but I can't on this occasion. Um, so yeah, so with about two laps to go, it looked like, um, it looked like uh, Binder had pretty much got the job done and he was pulling a bit of a gap. But then I think the camera was looking at one of the, battles behind and suddenly it flicks forward martin's really close going to turn three and so late on the brakes and puts a really big move on binder and manages to make it stick and get back in it's like right game on now it's completely all the gloves are off and they're really battling hard bagnaya's sitting here thinking right i do not want a ktm between myself and martin jules exactly and at one point i even
1: thought like Banyaya coming from from so far behind and all of a sudden being in the mix for for actually the win maybe I thought like if he's going to pull this off it it would be a major mental blow for Jorge Martin because he had been so strong all weekend it didn't happen in the end but I thought it was just it was just great to see all these um all these sentiments between uh Brett Binder who had not won a race if if I'm not mistaken. He was so strong and he was and he's so strong on the late breaking especially and then losing the lead by a move that could have been him, you know, or Martin outbreaking him while well, that was actually Brad Binder's strong point. It was just it was
0: it was great racing. Yeah, it was really, really good. And them two battling and and taking chunks out of each other really, really brought Bagnar back into it. I think if Binder and Martin hadn't been Sort of scuffling. I think Bagnaia would have been, you know, a fair way behind. Not fair way behind in MotoGP terms. It's about a second, so he probably would have ended up about a second behind them. But that brought him right into the fight. And then, was it into the final corner on the penultimate lap? He had a crazy lunge around the outside. Who's gonna Who's gonna comment on that?
2: It's me. Mm-hmm. I nearly fell out of bed. I was watching it in bed next to my partner, and uh, yeah, I absolutely. I got super ecstatic with that. It was just unbelievable. I mean, even the commentators were shocked watching uh, what they were seeing because he'd been sitting third, you know, Binder and mine had been going at it. And then all of a sudden, he got quite close between the three of them. And yeah, all of a sudden, you just see uh, Bagnier send it down the outside because flying past Binder, goes past Martin, you think, oh my God, he's got to pass both bikes into the last corner. And then obviously squares it up coming out and loses out on the run out on the traction. But, yeah, it was certainly one of the, the best Bay Reds I've seen for a while. It's certainly one of those, I can't believe what I'm watching if this comes off. Uh, but yeah, my, my partner quickly told me to be quiet when I was watching it. I was that excited. But yeah, great moment of the race.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, I personally think that was, wasn't was an actual, a genuine attempt at an overtake. I personally think that Becco missed his breaking point and rather than just smash into the back of them, had had no choice but to go around the outside. And I'm quite impressed that he pulled it pulled it up that was a proper oh sugar moment and he had to go quite wide and I'm I was just expecting him to tuck the front he's on full lean probably still dragging a bit of front brake dirty offline into that last corner and how many front-end crashes had he seen there over the weekend so yeah Jules do you think that was a mistake or a genuine overtaking attempt I
1: understand your point your take on this but I actually thought that it was amazing how much launch Banyaya got out of the the previous turn and it just seemed like what well, he he pushed his o- his overtake button or whatever, and it, it just seemed like he had so much overspeed going into the 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 final uh, final turn. What I loved besides that about this is the respect you saw in the actual final turn between Jorge Martin and Peko Bayia where they let each other live uh, Martin could have easily you know let his bike roll out to the to the outer side of the turn and maybe force Banyaya off or into heavy braking but they gave each other enough racing room and they took off onto the start finish straight i thought that was really telling uh, for the the respect between them and like you referred to earlier there there's, there's not a lot of animosity uh, despite them having such a tight battle
0: okay yeah we've seen in previous seasons uh, quite a lot of animosity between some of the championship protagonists. And, uh, and yeah, so we're going we're on to the final lap. Martin's sort of leading. When you've got a binder behind you, similar thing with a Mark Marquez or a Rossi previously, you know they want to try something. And Martin is visibly very, very aware of this. And I think Martin absolutely nails this. I thought it was amazing. He goes so defensive into the final corner. The bike is squirrelling. is sideways and out of shape. And I was like, he's going to go wide. He's going to miss it. And Binder's going to do a marquez sort of 2020-esque cut underneath him and pinch the win. But he manages to pull it up, get it stopped, launch out and get the win uh, out of the last corner with Binder second and Bagnaia third. But Danny, it wasn't to be P2 for Binder, was it?
2: It was, no, unfortunately. Uh, he did get P2. I mean to be fair all three of them would have been a, a solid winner for the rates but what if, what was evident what i noticed in the battle is where the bikes worked differently you had binder very quicker through the middle of the sector through the middle of the lap sorry uh martin and bagnoy seemed to be stronger in the first sector and the last sector i mean to be fair it kind of went martin was stronger in sector one binder had the middle sector and bagnoy was quite strong in sector three uh but yeah it was it was close for binder but I'm not surprised. Did you see how far Martin was sticking his leg out when he was doing the braking? It was like he was hanging off the bike halfway. I mean, we call it the doctor's dangle, and obviously everyone puts their leg out, but I've never seen, you know, someone stick his leg as far out as Martin does when he's doing it. So you can certainly tell he was on the defensive, making sure that if Binder was going to go for a move, he was going to have to really go to the inside to get through.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that. That wasn't really the doctor's dangle. That was more like the surgeon's sail he was sticking out there. That was... He really did not want them to come past Jules. Yeah. Didn't that
1: make you guys feel like once he was in P2... For for a short time, that he felt like this is it. That he also expected Binder to to disappear in in the distance, and they that he was more mentally defending against Banyaya than he was than he was thinking of getting that position back from Binder. But then all of a sudden, things changed, and he could actually get the position back. But it was it was peculiar defensive riding because he a lot of riders and obviously him as well had been putting his leg out <laughs> but when he wasn't p2 it was he was all almost like in a 90 degree uh, <laughs>
0: uh, bend you know yeah sounds really good so they come across the line uh and really annoyingly we have these rules now and everyone must respect track limits but binder and you could hear him in the cool down room afterwards said he just had a bit of a slide went a bit wide and hit the green which means that is an automatic uh, demotion of one place, which I think is very, very harsh. And I bet Bagnar as soon as he saw that, had no reason to launch it up the inside of the last corner because he would have known that he he was going to inherit second place. We had a similar thing happen in the superbikes as well in World Superbikes as well in the final lap. So that's maybe a topic for an off-season show. We can do some content and discuss more about that. But it's quite poignant for this race because that reduces the points gap that Martin is taking out of Bagnaya. So they come across the line. Martin wraps up his fourth treble of the year. That's a pole, sprint win and GP win. That is absolutely amazing. From about mid year onwards he has been pretty much untouchable and he has reduced the championship lead all the way down to I think it's only is it only thirteen points now? Was it twelve points? Wow, so it's 13 points, so it's getting very close. There are three rounds left, so it is getting so, so tight. Like, Martin has had 11 wins to Bagnia's 10, so clearly you see the the momentum is with Martin, and I think that was a stunning performance. Everything is to play for in the final three rounds. So as we like to wrap up these uh, race reviews, we've got a couple of little sort of things we like to hand out. So the first one is rider of the race, and I will go to you first, Danny. Who was your rider of the race? It was, I mean, it
2: was really difficult, even up to a minute before you've, you've asked. I'm still 50-50, but um, I, I just don't think you can't not give it to, Hawaii oh, hey, Martin. I was, you know, one minute I was Bindad then I was Martin, but I think from a performance over the weekend, he didn't really put a foot wrong, other than that little crash he had at turn three, but he was the man at the moment. He was fast. He was leading every session. You know, he's aggressive when he needed to be, defended when he needed to be. And at the end of the day, he he literally won everything he could win in the weekend. Uh, just untouchable. And a massive statement going into the last three races. So, yes. Or oh, hey, Martin.
0: And I think it would be tough to disagree with you there. But I am going to disagree for the sake of, not even an argument, for the sake of the podcast. Um. I'm not going to get to mine yet. I will let our guests go first. So Jules, who was your rider of the race and why? I agree. It's hard to disagree with Danny there, but I'd want
1: to give a shout out to, uh, to uh, Bedzecki. I think he, since he's broken that collarbone before that, he was arguably in the title race. He was doing a really good job. Then he had the accident and you can see he's still struggling very much with it. And, I think for him to eventually uh get up to p4 in the in the sunday race was uh was a real uh, reward for uh for how hard he's he's still working and and giving giving it everything he had and uh, afterwards he uh he invented how frustrating it is for him and that it isn't even the collarbone itself but the, the stress it puts on his neck and his shoulders that is uh, that is playing uh, him the, the biggest part. So one shout out uh, to Buzeki for uh, for uh, after that great teammate battle uh, being the
0: best of the rest. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're made of tough stuff, these MotoGP riders. I often think of this as Formula One drivers of the football players of motorsport and you've then got the rugby players into the <laughs> MotoGP riders and the big old brute. So it's really, really impressive stuff. Now we have another reward, I'm going to rack your brains of, and that is a moment of the race or the weekend. Um, just to set the premise of this one, I'll start off with this one. And my my moment of the race was Martin's move on Binder into turn three with two laps to go, because I thought he was almost down and out and he just launches this move. I was convinced he was going to tuck the front, but he gets it stopped and gets the job done and then doesn't relinquish really the lead. So moment of the race, Martin, hats off, sir. So, Danny, what's yours? what was your moment of the race?
2: There was a few to choose from, I must admit, and you've got to be a brave man to go against Bagnaya going down the outside and thinking he was going to go from third to first, but I'm going to do it because I can't avoid uh, given noticing what Mark Marquez did in the sprint race when he stole the next position of Alex Aspargero in the last corner. He did exactly what Brad Binder should have done uh, in the main race. So... Good to see Mark Marquez get a good result. Obviously, he's had a challenging couple of years to say the least. So yeah, Mark Marquez is my moment of the weekend. I was very happy to see him make a uh, a solid move into the last corner and pull it off and not hit the deck for once. It's a rare Excellent. occurrence.
0: I know that is a very good one. Um, I am looking forward very much mainly for next year, of talking an awful lot more about Marc Marquez, because I am not going to lie, I am a massive fanboy, I'm a fan of every MotoGP rider, but Marc Marquez, I think, is absolutely unbelievable. So, Jules, to finish off, to wrap up the race of you, what was your moment of the race? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of join the the
1: mouth watering prospect of Mark Marquez next season by picking the moment when he was uh, was having a, an old school battle with uh, Alex Espargaro, uh, the body checking, uh, the the really rough, uh, tough battling uh, they did. It was in a in a apart from that pretty calm race uh fight wise uh as a, as far as physicality goes let's put it like that it was it was really great to see that even though it was for what was it p8 or something that they were so feisty uh in in uh, what was already a great few opening laps so i'm gonna go for that
0: I think that's a nice way to wrap it up. I completely agree. Thank you ever so much from my to my panel Jules Seeger and Danny Henney. The next round is the Malaysian GP at Sepang circuit so the F1 fans amongst you will be will love the Sepang circuit because we don't see it in Formula 1 anymore and it's fantastic for the motorbikes that is on the 12th of November thank you very much for listening we'll be back to provide you with a race review after the next race in the meantime keep loving your racing thank you and goodbye